0: Hey, when does the show start? Wait a minute. (gasps) First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. They don't call Mad Dog Manny for nothing. Talking about Manny Aurora, who visits the Bailey Show podcast a couple times a month. We talk defense, criminal law, right? That's what he does for a living. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Handled litigation in 19 different states. Any questions that you might have for Manny Aurora, you can either shoot it to him personally at his law firm, com, or you can call our hotline and leave us a voicemail for the next visit from Manny Aurora. Mad Dog, Manny Aurora, 404-369-3825. As a former prosecutor, they at the Aurora Law Firm understand the other side of the case. Top 100 national trial lawyers at the Aurora Law Firm, specializing in criminal law. If you need them, you need to get a hold of them today. TheAuroraLawFirm.com. And again, you got any questions for Mad Dog, Manny Aurora, next time he stops in the studio, get a hold of us, PodcastTheBS.com. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross, Georgia showroom location, let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGRANITE.COM The letters UCI, the word GRANITE.COM I love people. Alright, alright, alright. The BS presents Let's Talk To. People are strange when they're I cannot wait to see who it is. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I hope it's Frank Sinatra's ghost oh. Podcast com. It's better than radio She's got a new special And for some reason it's called Meatball Therapy Which we're going to find out why here in a second uh, But uh, you can stream it on Apple TV, Amazon Prime Video, Google, Microsoft, Vimeo, YouTube, you name it, wherever you... Stream shit. This is where that's going to be. <laughs> uh, it is the very talented, very funny Kendra Cunningham. First time we're meeting, Kendra. Nice to meet yes, you. Yes,
1: I know. Nice to meet you, too. And thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. You know, I didn't even know some of the places that you said it was streaming, I didn't even know it was there. So I'm learning <laughs> something uh,
0: about myself already here. It, is it, isn't that nuts? I mean, you've been doing comedy well over 20 years. That's why it's crazy that we've never met because I'd like to kind of think that I've you know, either befriended or met or seen uh, just about every comic that's out there uh, because I'm such a huge fan of comedy, but that's what I meant by that. I'm a huge fan and I get inspired when I go and I see you guys and girls do your thing on stage. Uh, I always say that the the stand-up stage is the hardest stage and the hardest microphone to be on and behind without a doubt. But isn't it funny that, you know, the streaming stuff, you know, I'm in that now in the podcast world. It's like, where do I listen to it? And and every time it gets me, I'm like, go to my fucking website. I don't know. Just just go where they Oh, my
1: God. I know. Please. I have people text me. I want to come to a show where you perform. I'm like, oh, my goodness you this it's so easy to find out where where I'm going to be right and you are now I am now not only going to be your performer but now I'm your social assistant here coordinating <laughs> your night out no I don't think so
0: <laughs> it's like just do a little legwork I think people ask those questions they know the answer to it but they're trying to prolong the conversation
1: yeah and they want it to be like you know, I'm interested in you. Yeah. And th- these are the, co- these are the questions I've come up with to express my interest in you. Yeah, And it's like, all right, well, <laughs> that makes me feel I, and I've said, I've actually said to some of my friends, like, you know, it actually makes me feel that um, the work that I put into promoting myself uh-huh. is, is, you know, goes up in thin air when someone who's very close to me is like, are you performing anytime soon? <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, I only have to get on social media every friggin day to say what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Like make it worth my while, my friend. How how much of times changed, you know, from when you got into comedy and learned to self-promote. You know, I always struggled with that in the radio business cuz I was told by people that had been doing it a lot longer, was, the mindset was different. It's like you you concentrate on the show and the station and not yourself. You're too much of a you player blah blah blah. And it was difficult because I always felt like I was doing something wrong the first part of my career. Now right. it's, everybody's a me person, you know, yeah. you to be.
1: Yeah. No, I know. It's crazy. I, I will say that, like, I think I never, so when I first started, I, I feel like I was, I don't know. When did Facebook come out? I, I don't even know, but I remember Facebook like posting jokes on Facebook, right. you know? Um, and then, you know, I don't know. I I don't, it's still hard for me to get out there. I don't mind like telling people what I'm doing, but when it has to be like, um, you know, every single day, now they're saying you should post like three times a day. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a whole nother job. I would love to hire someone to do it for me. Um, you know, when I feel like I can spend that sort of money.
0: Um, (laughs) I I just learned that lesson too, Kendra is, uh, you know, the, the algorithm and when to post and how to do all, you know, cause for me, I'm just, you know, I see something cool. I'm posting it with my wife, my kids, I'm going to post it. And I'm not thinking about an algorithm or views or likes. I'm just posting it really to archive my life. Let's be honest. We, we have social media. So that poster at uh, our funeral is filled. like. You know, the one that everybody looks at as they come in. So so our loved ones aren't uh, searching for photos. That's why we have social media. <laughs> uh, taking like one
1: photo off the fridge. <laughs> I, I, th-
0: I, I think of that every time I think a picture. I'm like, will this be my last picture?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That is so morbid. I wish you hadn't shared that because now I'll be thinking that too. Steal it. Steal it.
0: Take the now, joke. Now, Take the joke. Now, now yeah. I'm
1: thinking is this going to be my last podcast?
0: <laughs> well, think think about those poor girls that go missing, right? You know, they 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 vanish, and the the news just takes their last picture from social media. And in, in the MySpace days, it, it, every picture a a, a woman posted they look like a slut. And so, you know, if you went missing, they had the sluttiest picture that they could find. Yep. Uh, yeah, and, and it was like, hey, can you find this girl? And everybody's like, she probably deserved to get taken. You know? <laughs> but anyway, my point was, is I'm learning the same thing. And I actually, yeah. I, I got a scheduling well, service and all that yeah. stuff. And, oh, you do
1: do that? Yeah. See, I got to... The thing is, is I feel like I wouldn't... Um, be so have so much disdain for social media. If I didn't actually have to get on there every day, you know what I mean? Like if someone else was making posts for me, I wouldn't care. I'd mm-hmm. be happy to participate in that way. Um, but I just, I just really just chaps my ass that I have that. It's one of my tasks.
0: You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? You're forced. I'm like, this to is it.
1: really, this is really cutting into my, you know, eating pizza time.
0: <laughs> I heard you enjoy eating in bed or I read that you enjoy eating in bed. Is that true? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah. That crumbs everywhere. I love that,
1: that, I'm, 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 I love that that's what I'm known for. Yeah. One of my <laughs> jokes is, you know, I woke up with the tail end of a goldfish cracker stuck to my bare buttock, <laughs> uh, which is uh, based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
0: Are you worried? You know, you talked about posting stuff like uh, especially at the, the beginning stages of Facebook. You know, we don't remember the stuff. I, I, I you know, that time op thing, I, I, I have to delete a lot of stuff that I've posted just because it's there's no way that it's acceptable nowadays. Are you are you worried about that? Have you been called out? You know, I haven't really been worried about. I mean,
1: I haven't really been called out. Every once in a while, it'll come through my head that I'm like, did I ever, what have I said in the past that can come back to, like, bite me in the ass? But most of my stuff, I think, is more silly than, uh, you know, I don't know, opinionated, I guess, about things that people might care about. Yeah. I, I, but then again, you know, you can post something and not think uh, that it's bad, and then someone finds it, and out of context, they're like, look at this, you know, racist racist pig over here right. and, uh, and suddenly um that's the way you're you're skewed but who knows like I, I guess we all roll the dice every day when we get on there
0: yeah I, I think there's this 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 basement in somebody's house in the northeast where there's a bunch of kids in their tidy whities eating cheetos with keyboards and computers and that's the only people that care about this stuff But that's all they do. They just sit there, and when their mom opens the door and says, are you going to get some sunshine? And they're like, no, mom, we're busy. You know, that's all they're doing. But it's only a handful of people that make the loudest noise, and it's crazy that we've gotten to that point in our our world. Yeah, I know. It's it's bananas. I mean, listen, I didn't even
1: set out. When I started doing stand-up, I really was just sort of – curious about comedy and like could I pull it off type of thing um I never in my you know I never wanted to be like super famous Mm. of course now I'm like hey I wouldn't mind being super rich (laughs) um (laughs) I don't I could do without the fame just give me a it'd take one bag of money for you to never see me again um (laughs) my my bar is pretty low at this point but yeah (laughs) <laughs> I I I never I feel like that's the other thing with social media is I feel like a lot of it is to me feels like a quest to for fame mm. um and and I don't really want to you know that's not my biggest quest right. um but sometimes it feels like you kind of need to try for that in order to get a b- bigger platform. I don't know
0: who, you know, you didn't invite me on here to, for,
1: to talk about my social media gripes. I'm sure.
0: No, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the world. I mean, you have to, like I just had Dane Cook on not that long ago and he's a Boston guy, right? Dane. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we were talking about like, he was really the pioneer in the, the comedy world of using the social media platform yeah. to promote himself Yep. And I didn't realize that and you know, until I was reading some stuff, and I was like, he, he was, and he goes back to the mice. It's just that important. But then also, like we're discussing and I discussed with him, you got to be careful. I mean, comedians, uh, I think it's kind of la- uh, backed up a little bit, which is good. But, you know, there was a stretch there where you guys had these huge targets on your back, and it, it was bad, really bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? No,
1: it's crazy. I mean, and I think it's a good example with Dane Cook, though. I remember I remember seeing him on stage at the Comedy Cellar. And this is like, I don't even know if I had even started stand-up or if I was just sort of like taking classes or what. But anyways, I remember just being like so blown away by him because mm. was, he was such a different performer, you know. His, he was so energetic and stuff like that. And yeah, I remember I went on MySpace, I found him, and he was the only person really that I knew – who who utilized my space in that way to cultivate such a big oh, fan
0: base. Yeah. What, what, what's with meatball therapy? Well, explain the title of, uh, of your special.
1: <laughs> so meatball therapy comes from one of the bits on the special where I'm talking about, I went, I, I, I go to therapy, you know, I, I have an a, a estranged father who kind of is a gambler and blah, blah, blah. And I always felt like I got, you know, the shit end of the stick in life because of that. And uh, I end up going to therapy And um, I kind of just was bored in therapy, and started after a while eating my lunch during my sessions. (laughs) And um, and one day I was eating a meatball sub in therapy, and I realized I don't really need to pay one hundred and fifty dollars to have this (laughs) woman watch me eat my sub. Uh, I'll, you know, and I do think, in a weird way, that I do think that like doing stand up was a way for me to. Like almost like a self healing sure. or, or, or a personal therapy of my own, yeah. but not intentional. It just sort of came as a byproduct of doing how of did,
0: doing comedy. How did your estranged father feel about him being a part of your your act? He's dead. <laughs> well, was he alive? Did he get to hear any of it? He, you know, when he
1: was alive, I don't think I really talked about him very much. Because um, I talked to him. He's been dead for about 10 years now. Um, I don't think I really brought him up maybe a couple of times, but I was still kind of mad at him. So I didn't want to give him the, to me, I felt like it was, um, it would be honoring him to mention him in my act, you know?
0: Yeah. Did, did uh, you ever reconcile with him before he passed? I didn't. You did not. No. How how does that make you feel? There's a reason Um, I'm asking you this, by the way. (laughs)
1: How does that make me feel? Honestly, you know, the truth is, is there's still a part of me that wish that, you know, we had at some point had some sort of conversation that made me understand him, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I don't, I don't feel like, Oh, I never wake up thinking I wish I had reached out to him. Um, but I do wish that it had happened um, that he had made the initi- initiative mm. to reconcile. Uh, I do wish that, just because I think it would be nice to know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Um, did you go to his funeral? I did. You did. I didn't want to, and I went um, mostly, you know, out of solidarity with my mother and my sister who would, who wanted to go. Yeah. Um, but it was just a very that whole thing was very awkward because. You know, it's almost like you feel like you got hired uh, to be a, the daughter of the dead guy at his funeral because <laughs> you, there's been so much time that's passed and you don't even really know who this guy is anymore. Yeah. And it's it was a very fucked up day in my life, yeah. F- fucked up couple of days um, to, to to get through and, and to be phony. That's you know, coming from Boston, nobody wants to be considered a phony, you right, know. Yeah. And that's really how I felt for most of the time of being like, oh yeah, I know. It's so sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I asked that just because I I just rec- reconciled with my estranged mother after seventeen years. Oh, and see. So I I I have uh, never met my biological father, but we had a a, a big falling out. 17 years ago, and then she reached out, and she's up there in age, and she's got some health issues, and, you know, just wanted to make sure I had things of something, you know, certain things before she passed, and, you know, and it was just like, you know, my wife, you know, as we were driving down to Florida, she was like, hey, you know, how you feel? How you? I was like, I, I'm good. Like, I have no, I can, you know, I can put... The past in the past, as long as we don't discuss it. Like I don't want to sit there and kumbaya around a campfire. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> let's let's move forward. I'm not a I'm not a harping on the problem guy. I'm a focusing on the solution dude. Yeah. Know? So um, but that's why I asked because I always thought to myself, if I never reconciled with her, would I go to the funeral? And yeah. I I like unlike you, I talked about it a lot on my radio shows. She tried mm-hmm. to get me fired numerous times because some of the things that I was saying. And Your
1: mom did. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's wild.
0: Yeah. So it was there was a lot of heat back and forth. Uh, so way. she
1: tried to get you fired, but never reached out to you directly.
0: She tried a couple times, but it wasn't like this last time. This last uh, okay. this last time there was enough water under the bridge, and there was there was some substance to it. Uh, And there was some urgency to it as well. So, you know, anyway, uh, that's that. But uh, no, but
1: it's interesting, though, because I wonder, like, you know, they I don't know if it's the same for men, but like, you know, it's very one of the things I talk about too in the special is like I I always wanted to I, I feel like I just had daddy issues. You know what I mean? And it seems so boring in textbook. I wanted to be fucked up in a different way. You know what I mean? Right. And I, and I always wonder, like, for me, I definitely was that girl who ended up in relationships with men who were like my father, mm-hmm. you know, who would kind of like disappear from my life and come back and I would take them back. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hear from them and I just take them back, you know, like all this uh, very unhealthy stuff. Um, And I always wonder, like, if that it sounds like you you're married and um, like it sounds like maybe it's not the same uh, recreation of that relationship
0: for men. So it's it's kind of interesting that you say that because I'm a stepfather to two great kids. Um, but that was not part of my plan, you know. Right. Like, like, like when I met my wife, I the the world was my oyster, you know. <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, to 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 fall in love with a woman that had two kids, I was like, look, I don't check my bags. Sorry, this is not my thing. But I fell in love with her, and so th- that was one of those tells of I think that's me doing what the stepdads in my life never really did. As mm-hmm. far as my mother goes, uh, I'm the total opposite of everything she and my brother and, and like I purposely at a young age says I'm doing the absolute opposite of everything they've done and I have. And that's right. that's, that's that's how I've survived successfully survived. Right. Right, you know? right, right. You know, but that's you,
1: interesting. But
0: you have to yeah. brainwash yourself. I mean, you literally have to sit there and and fuck yourself and go, "Hey, look, I ain't doing this. It just ain't happening." Yep.
1: No, it's, it's, and the thing that always, I feel like I went to therapy on and off for so long. And, uh, and I think I was really resistant to admitting that, you know, he had, my father had an impact on me. Like, I feel like I was always like, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. Whatever. He's a dick. And I'm just like going about my business. And it took me a long time to really be like, you know what? No, uh, this is, a lot of the stuff that I'm participating in in my life mm. is just some weird behavioral thing to try to
0: hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorney. So, if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm. Dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm. LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. So get this. It's easier to sue someone if their dog injures your livestock than it is if it injures you. If you're attacked by someone else's dog, you can only recover from the owner if you can show the dog had previously attacked someone or if it was violating a leash law. However, if that dog injures livestock, then you don't have to show anything amazing isn't it get a hold of tyler watkins LLC, serving all of georgia next time talk to tyler help you help your business get to the next level and you do that by incorporating create graphics in there whether it's vehicle wraps corporate events you might be having interior exterior events graphic design and apparel create graphics is a full service graphics company that specializes in graphic design wide format printing and graphic installation Excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish. CreateGraphics.net. C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or you can call 770-369-9962. 770-369-9962. Tired of ants on your countertop while you're cooking? Can't go outside without getting eaten by mosquitoes? Ah. Give Inspect All Pest Services a call. They've got everything you need to get rid of all that stuff just mentioned. Whether it's ants, roaches, fleas, or ticks, Inspect All has got you covered. With their year round pest treatments, live without the worry or hassle of pests. Give Inspect All Pest Services a call today. 770 483 2420. 770 483 2420. Mention the BS. Get your first initial service for free. Sometimes it's tough finding the right tree service, like ones that'll give you a call back or ones that'll even show up. Cut and Write Tree Service and more, they're going to do both. They're going to show up and they're going to call you back. 877-828-8846. You can also book online. CutandWrite.com. C U T T I N R I G H T Dot com. Female, veteran-owned, located and servicing all around Atlanta. And if you mention the BS, when you call, you get $100 off your job. Experience tree removal who care all about the details. Customer satisfaction guaranteed, 877-828-8846. That's 877-8cutting, cuttingright.com.
1: And back to you, Jason. What? like i don't know what but you know yeah, but it's you're, not who, not who i want to be
0: but your char- but your character and i'm not saying like a fake character but your person your persona you are who you are because like i i, I wouldn't change a thing like I, you know, I live my life uh, in a very unhealthy way. Like I have a human hit list, like where, right. and I, but and I, and I subscribe to success is the best receipt. But I need something to fire me up. But people like you and I, Kendra, is like we've got that in our lives. We we're never going to be able to suppress it, but it makes us who we are, and usually the The most fucked up people are the most creative people in the in the <laughs> creative field, right? Like us, yeah, you know, yeah, yep, yep. but if we didn't have that in our lives and we we're just doing the nine to five, we'd be boring, you know? Yeah. you know nobody wants that <laughs> shit. Um, so so I don't know if you know I'm sure you I don't know how much you you, you research yourself, but i I've never come across these two individuals that you're compared to. So like the internet compared to you to grouch. I mean, it's like the oddest. And I don't even know if it's nice groucho marks in may West. Now, now may West, I get, you know, the blonde and she's pretty and beautiful and very talented, but she was an actress, but I, I mean, Groucho Marx, I guess, because of the quick wit. But uh, <laughs> did you have a mustache at some time? <laughs> no,
1: I know that's what I always say. I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't do my waxing that day. Um, oh, my you, so facial you know waxing. This.
0: You know this, right? You've so you've heard this. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because um, I they that write up was actually from uh, when I did the Glasgow Comedy Festival in in Scotland, uh-huh. and um, and they wrote a little write-up on me and I was just flattered that they did the write-up and I didn't really like pay much attention to the the comparison because I was just like oh they they liked me you know but then uh, ever like I'm not kidding you I wish I should try to find out who actually wrote that and send them an email because that those two that those two comparisons get brought up to me Pretty much every time I talk to somebody, oh. you know what I mean? And I'm like, well, it's a great conversation starter. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I like to think that, well, May West, of course, I think Mae West is a great, uh, you know, a great compliment because she did so, I mean, I didn't know a, a lot about Mae West until probably in the past five years of my life, like in terms of all the amazing things that she did and theatrically right. and having like, um, Theater shows that like celebrate sex and, you know, all the stuff that at the time was just not heard of. Um, But she also as an outcast became mainstream, you know, in her day. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then Groucho Marx, I mean, who knows? I don't know where that, where that comes from.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it'd be nice to be compared to somebody in this century, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, when, when a, when a new rock band comes out, they're like, well, you know, it sounds a lot like a rock band that just became <laughs> famous 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody, nobody says, uh, "Oh wow, you know this politician. He's a lot like George Washington and John Adams." You know? <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. It's like that. Kendra Cunningham remind reminds me of the jester for Kim from King James days in the eighteen hundreds. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, Very no, strange. I agree. Very strange. I, I would. I, someone uh, that I talked to asked me, like, who who I would want to be compared to. You know what I mean? And I was trying to think about that and I, it's really sad. I could only think of men. And and the first person who came to my mind was someone who's not even from this era, like Benny Hill. (laughs) I'm like, Benny Hill, like even my own mind goes to play people that are, are from days gone by.
0: Yeah. Your, your first special that you did on my best behavior, uh, that was in 2018, you know, as a comedian, prior to streaming services, filming a special Comedy Central, HBO, Showtime, that, that, that was not the pinnacle, that was the you know the appetizer before the pinnacle, which was hopefully to get on a sitcom and then get paid for the rest of your life. Um, yeah. Now times have, have changed, and a lot of comedians are doing all this on their own without production companies and without, I mean, it's their own dime and their own everything. Is that what you've done in both of these specials? Um, dry bar was,
1: um, I, they asked me to do it. Um, it's like, a, you know, they do all these clean, clean comedy specials. And honestly, I did it. I was like, oh, you know, it sounds fun. I didn't really know anything about it. I never in my wildest dreams thought that a lot of people would see it. And now there are clips that have been seen like a million times and I hate the outfit I have on. Mm. Um, so that kind of stunk, but that was all them. So it was like one of those things where you go, you do the special and then as the residuals come in, they take the cost of the special upfront. And then after they recoup their expenses, you start to make money. Gotcha. Um, so uh, apparently they spent like 20 grand on my special. Wow. I don't know. I, I mean, uh, but then this one um, that I just did with comedy dynamics, I actually shot, did everything myself and uh, shot it and uh, all that stuff, edited it and brought it to comedy dynamics and they liked it.
0: Wow. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It must yeah. Be, it's a great feeling of accomplishment to put together a special.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it's, I I, like, I really loved the whole process of it. I loved, um, being able to just run an hour in New York city for like, you know, eight to 10 shows and just, you know, it was fun. And I'm really, I'm eager to do another, another one. Um, and I think the next one would be more, uh,
0: more silly. Do it in bed, eating uh, goldfish.
1: (laughs) You know. I know. I mean, that's not a bad idea. That would be a low production
0: cost, right? Yeah. I just put some cameras in your bedroom. I mean, just have tons <laughs> of food around you and just be eating or something. What what, uh, what, what, are the comics uh, I'm assuming locally in the Boston area that, you know, as you were coming up, helps you out. Do you have any mentors or anybody that just kind of believed in you?
1: Um, you know, Nick DiPaolo, uh-huh. Nick DiPaolo, he brought me on the road with him a lot and, um, I think that that was that, well, it was a big confidence booster. And it also just, I got very comfortable. He, he was, you know, he would sell out all these places. So I got very comfortable in, in front of big crowds. Um, so I would say he really, you know, extended it like, you know, he, he, he went above and beyond what he had to do to be kind to me and help me. Um, so that would be one person. I think, you know, I always love Gotham comedy club in New York has always been good to me and given me great stage time and included me in their projects and stuff. Um, and then mostly, I mean, I would say my friend, you know, my friends in comedy who, um, I came up with who have been just supportive and been there to be able to talk shop and shit and everything else, you know, who
0: are some of your buddies
1: uh Vicki Cooperman, Leah Bonama, uh Becky Yamamoto. Um I mean, you know, I'm trying to think none of them are like, you know, super famous. Yeah, but th- um, see that's the But thing. all
0: very funny. That's the thing and I think comedy fans realize this. You know, the the idea of, "Oh my god, they've been on the sitcom, they've been in the movie or whatever." It, that that it you know, like a lot of my friends in the comedy business they haven't gotten to that level. They might not ever get to that level, but I would put them on that stage against anybody who's been, who's on that level. Um, yep. You know, not everybody gets the break, but people in your world can can still do the comedy. Like Ian Bag, the best crowd working comic that there is and has been for quite some time. You know, uh, I mean, it's just, these guys are just so talented, and I get so inspired. Like, it's almost where, and I've told Ian this before, I'm like, I I sometimes don't want to come and see you, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, (laughs) because I get so inspired that it's hard for me not to almost rip you off a little bit with doing, not that I do comedy, but in conversation or, or something or a voice or a mannerism or something. I'm like, he's like, ah, just go ahead, do it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Uh, Are you strictly an East coast comic? Do you make it out to like the, the comedy store or any of the places on the West coast?
1: I haven't been back to LA since the pandemic, but I was out there. Um, like I probably about six months before the pandemic, I was out there. I actually was, had some short films that I did in a film festival out there. So I was out there for that. And then I ended up doing shows and I had gone out there probably like a year prior to that for like a month and did shows and stuff like that. Um, I like going out there. I just haven't been back. I got to set something up. Leah, who's a good friend of mine moved out there during the pandemic. She loves it. So I keep saying I'm going to go visit her, but I haven't actually done it yet. So I will. One of these days, would you move out there? You know, I like to think that I would, um, I don't know. I, this is my thing. Um, I would find it hard to be that far away from my mother just because, you know, she's getting uh, older. Um, but if I could go out there for like a year, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's hard to, it's what comedy is. One of these weird things where you, even though it's probably not true, I feel like you just live with this fear that if you leave wherever you are, you're going to lose your footing in like the scene quote unquote. Right. Um. And then you have to kind of like rebuild again, your little network. If you move, I don't know who knows, you know what? Honestly, if I was honest with you, what I would love to do is move to another country.
0: Really? Which one?
1: Yeah. That's tough because I always say Mexico, but in actuality, (laughs) I think I would be more like, I think it'd be really cool to like move to Italy.
0: Yeah. So, you know, so uh, my partner, my, my co-host and producer Nate, who's not on this, uh, this conversation, he uh, packed up from Atlanta and he and his wife moved to Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Yeah. Oh,
1: wow. And does he, does he love it?
0: Uh, Loves it. I mean, just if, if you were to just follow on social media, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, he he's living the dream, which is great. And you know, and uh, during the pandemic, uh, I th- I think everyone had a touch of, what am I doing? You know, how, how can I do things differently? How can my way of life be better versus uh, this mindset of I've got to I've got to do the grind up until where I can't do the grind, and then I'm going to enjoy life when my bones aren't working. I mean, yeah, we, we just had a big wake up call. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and he is he's, he's a little bit of a younger guy. So he really, you know, bought into it. And so he uh, they'd been going there every year for their honeymoon. That's or they went there for their honeymoon. They would vacation there for their anniversary every year. And he takes, uh, you know, we were working from home at the time when we were on the radio show uh, or working actually from my house, a lot of Zoom stuff. And he, he brings me and my wife and our other, uh, another couple of, uh, our, that are, we're tight with over to our house. And they make tacos. And I remember before we went over there, I said to my wife, we're at the grocery store. And I go, something's just weird about this. Something's not right. She's like, what are you talking about? I go... They're gonna drop a bomb on us. So they're gonna tell us there's some there's a reason behind this dinner tonight. Everybody thinks I'm crazy with my intuition, right? We get there, we're moving to Mexico. Shut the fuck up! You're <laughs> not moving to Mexico. <laughs> they moved to Mexico. We've gone and visited him twice, and I gotta tell you, if you want to move to Mexico, move to Playa del Carmen, Mexico. That place is beautiful.
1: So does he? So he works from there via Zoom and stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm his employer you know so right right I mean, right yeah. oh okay <laughs> yeah like so this is this the what this we're, is how you
1: work this okay, is how yeah. we work i mean this is how yeah. we all work
0: now you know when yeah. i we got yeah. i got fired from the radio station i was like I, this is all i know how to do is talk to people and and, right. and goof and entertain and blah 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 so i was like there's no reason kind of very similar to meatball therapy and all these streaming services you didn't even probably bother trying to ship it off to to the networks it's just too much of a headache when you can release it yourself and and take a hundred percent for the most part of the profits.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, I know a lot of comics who have released right to, um, most of them say that YouTube, if you put it out on YouTube, mm -hmm. um, just for free, you know, like put it up there and let people watch it. You can, you know, I've known a couple of people who've made like, you know, 20 grand in the first year Mm -hmm. and probably get more as time goes on. Um, but yeah, no, I know I'm trying to figure it out. Believe me. I want, I, I, I want to be the type of person who's just like, fuck it. I'm going to go do this, but I'm a little bit more like anxious than that. I got to have a a better vision.
0: Right.
1: Um, so I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to do figure out how I can have like some sort of beyond comedy, some sort of like digital digitally based business. Even if it's like teaching writing or something, you know, where I can be anywhere and do it, you know.
0: Well, just go hang around some high schools and find some kids and, uh, you know, kidnap <laughs> them and tell them that they now work for you and they'll, they'll, they'll ah. let you know. Well, so the, the thing, uh, I was told that, you know, YouTube is getting ready to up their monetization of their short videos in competition with TikTok And so like you release, you know, something under 60 seconds or is it 90 seconds? That's what we do. We do under 60 seconds and it just seems to work a lot better than me putting up an hour of something. Right, right, right. It's because nobody, you know, very few people. But now again, my daughter's 17. She doesn't watch TV, you know, she, she, or she's 16. She doesn't watch TV. She watches YouTube on her phone. That's all she does. That's so crazy. Isn't that nuts? It's nuts. It's crazy. Go outside kids. All right, um, so at the other Kendra, who's the other Kendra?
1: <laughs> the other Kendra beyond me, when, well, believe it or not, at the time that I made, you know, chose that, it was because uh, Kendra Wilkinson was very prominent in the in the world. You know, she was one of the Playboy oh, the playmates playboy who lived with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, I just never changed it.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> at the other Kendra on the Instagram, right? So uh, Mm -hmm. the special is Meatball Therapy. And like I said, you can stream it on your Apple TV, your Amazon Prime, Google Play, Microsoft, Vimeo, YouTube, uh, or just simply search for it on Google and it'll just take you there (laughs) like magic. It was a pleasure meeting you, Kendra. It really was.
1: It really was so great talking to you. And I'm so happy for you being independent and having
0: (laughs) this business all on your own and sticking with what you like to do. I appreciate that, but like you, I'm still looking for that big, large bag of cash.
1: (laughs) If I figure out how to get that big bag of cash, Uh I will let you know, and if you do the same, please let me know. Absolutely. I am open to unscrupulous behavior.
0: (laughs) Well, I hope you get down to Atlanta so I can come uh, watch you sometime, so I'll keep an eye out for that.
1: I will definitely let you know if I do. Thank you so much for having me. All
0: right, Kenja, take care. Bye-bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. podcastbs.com. It's better than radio.
1: Now, get out of here.